I'm going to invite you to hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 100 this morning. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, and God is faithful. Uh, if you're new with us this morning, as Pastor Mark already said, we're so glad to have you worshiping with us. I, I want to make you aware that uh, what we're going to be doing this morning, we do every Sunday, and that's worshiping the Lord. But our, our service this morning, the order is going to look a little bit different than, uh, than we normally do together, uh, although it reflects who we are at the very heart uh, of our being. At, at the starting line of this new year, we're about to engage in what's known as a Wesley Covenant service. <laughs> I trust that every one of you received one of these. If not, uh, we have some here at the, at the front. But I, I think every one of us got, or you can uh, borrow somebody else's cheat sheet. This is, uh, is, is about the order of our service. And then on the back of that sheet is a covenant that we will be making together uh, to the Lord. You know, a covenant's a pledge. It's a commitment, a promise. All who've been to a wedding have experienced a covenant being made. Our God is a covenant-making God. He, he commits himself to his people. He did so with Abraham, with the newly freed Israelites, and through the cross, with you and me, and with anyone who would confess the name of Jesus as Lord and Redeemer. All are invited to enter into the promises of God, pledging our allegiance to him and to this relationship together as he first has done with us. If you've been a Christian for very long, you've undoubtedly heard of having a personal relationship with God. Where we see God maybe as friend, certainly as father, maybe as teacher. These are all good and, and biblical ways to think about our relationship with God today. But have you ever considered God as your partner? Your partner. From the very first pages of the Bible, the story of God, it, it reveals to us a, a God who creates our world with this incredible potential for continued creative life. And then he invites us into this special kind of intimate, trusting partnership. To, to fulfill this potential, both within us and for the sake of the world. But as we know from both the story of the Bible as well as from our own lives, we human beings tend to be covenant breakers. We tend to want to do things our own way rather than in this intimate, trusting relationship with God. And it's why our lives and, in fact, our world is far from flourishing with this creative God-infused potential. I, I want us to just acknowledge this morning where each of us in this sanctuary may be in terms of our 
relationship with God. Not only as friend and, and father, but as partner. Partner in ministry and life together. There may be some of us here that we would just say the joy of the Lord is mine. He walks with me. He talks with me. There may be some here just really confused, even wondering, is God even real and what does he think of me? But no matter where you may be right now, you're invited in these moments together to draw near to God as he draws near and invites you and us collectively, Restoration Church of the Nazarene, into a renewed January covenant with him. And so this covenant service, it's not new to the Christian church. A guy by the name of John Wesley, he first administered this service back in 1755 with a church in London. As an itinerant traveling preacher and overseer of many other pastors, he traveled extensively to churches throughout England, leading numerous congregations that were in his charge in this service of dedication and rededication to God. And so, friends, at the heart of this particular service, it's been continued year after year after year. Wesley's desire was to see a people who refused to just go through the motions of religion, of nominal Christianity. He understood that what God desired for us and, and what he made available to us in the, uh, through the cross is something so much greater. It was nothing less than a life of complete consecration to God, a life of Christ-likeness that comes in fully surrendering ourselves to God. And so wherever Wesley went and, and administered this particular service, many people found it extremely meaningful. And friends, change and different, sometimes it's not a good thing, but oftentimes it could be if, if we're willing to embrace it. And so for today, I, I would encourage you to be open to finding this to be a meaningful service of worship. I, I would caution you not to dismiss this kind of liturgy as stale ritual. Listen to the words of Wesley taken from several, several of his personal journeys back in 1775. He, he said, many have mourned before God. Many were comforted in this service by him. It was an occasion for a variety of spiritual experience. I don't know that ever we had a greater blessing. And afterwards, many desired to return thanks to God, either for a sense of pardon, for full salvation, or for a fresh manifestation of his graces, healing all their backslidings. As we enter into this same service of worship, I wonder if just maybe... This covenant service will be deeply meaningful in some way for you as well. Although the format of the covenant has been adapted somewhat since Wesley's time, the central elements of the heart of it remain. And so you'll notice in your worship uh, bulletin today, there are four critical movements that are involved in this covenant making with God. First, we enter we must enter Almighty God's presence carefully and reverently. He's a holy God. 
And yet he invites us to draw near to him. The second movement is that of confession. Our sin separates us from God and from the fullness of life that he intends for us. So when we come before God, as we're made aware of our sin, we confess it to him and humbly seek restoration in our relationship with him. But it doesn't end there. The third movement is to draw near to God, to commit ourselves to God by trusting him, trusting him at his word, determining to resolve, to follow Jesus. And then fourth and finally, we've readied ourselves to make this sacred covenant that God invites us to make with him. So let's enter into this time of worship by listening to God's word. Listen to the words of the prophet Jeremiah. In those days at that time, declares the Lord, the people of Israel and the people of Judah together will go out in tears to seek the Lord their God. They will ask the way to Zion and turn their faces toward it. They'll come and bind themselves to the Lord in an everlasting covenant that will not be forgotten. We gather today in worship and join ourselves as the community of Restoration Church of the Nazarene to the Lord in an everlasting covenant. And as we enter into his presence, let's come with a sacrifice of praise. So I want to encourage you to think about your mindset as we enter into God's presence. And let's sing together, Here I Am to Worship. Prepare to receive from the Lord. This collect for purity, it's simply the name of a prayer that's been recited for hundreds of years by followers of Christ in solemn settings like this. And so could we unite our voices in this collect for purity? Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, all desires known, And from whom no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit. That we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And could we continue to pray the prayer that Jesus himself taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven. 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. You know, the disciples, just before the cross, Jesus pulled them together and was talking to them about whatever, whatever come, uh, come before you, even if it be the cross, even if it be angry bosses, even if it be a, a difficult life, he says to remain in me, remain in me and I will remain in you. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. Be reading from John 15. I am the real vine, and my father is the farmer. He cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes. And every branch that is grape-bearing, he prunes back so it will bear even more. You are already pruned back by the message I have spoken. Live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine. You are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my Father shows who he is when you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples. Please stand and sing with us as we sing about asking God to open the eyes of our Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you.
You know, as uh, we get ready to move into this new year, I don't know about you, but I tend to be a goal setter, uh, a goal reacher. Uh, that may be another story, but I, I like to at least set goals and have them before me. I'm guessing you, whether you write them down and make them uh, um, accountable with somebody else or not, I'm guessing you're the same way. Um, but boy, trying to reach out and grasp those things that we believe God has uh, for us, apart from walking with him, inviting him, God, today, open the eyes of my heart, help me to see where you are leading, apart from him and his presence, um, anything we see is fruitless. You know, before moving forward, there are three underlying or, or maybe fixed principles that we must face, uh, that, that we need to affirm that they're true. And so I ask that you fix these three necessary principles of, of life in your hearts. The first principle is that things eternal are more substantial than things that are not eternal. Those things that fade away. The second principle is that things that are not seen are as just as certain as things that are seen. That just because we can't see something, it doesn't mean that it or he is not real. This is the meaning of faith. And then the third principle in life is that our eternal destinies are not determined by some cosmic fate. They're determined by the choices that we make here in the present, like the choice that we make today. So choose Christ. Choose his ways, and we are blessed forever. Refuse Christ. Refuse the way of the cross, and you're lost forever. Friends, don't delay in this decision. If you're undecided, you are already decided. And I mean by that, if you remain undecided for Christ, you're already decided for Satan. And since this is true, pursue this decision relentlessly and continuously. Don't rest until this decision is made. And be sure to choose Christ. And choose him daily. Having made your choice, go with Christ. And the great adventure of following him. Abandon your own self-righteousness and cast yourself on Christ's righteousness. Go on this adventure with him and he will, as he promised, bring you to God. Bring you to a life of fruition in partnership with him. And So will you say to the Lord, Lord Jesus, that's what I want more than anything else today? Spirit of the living Christ, will you help me? Help me to see who you are and what you're wanting to do in my life. Will you bring me to, to the Father, to the land of promise, to the real thing, not simply a shadow of it? I will go with you, Lord. I will cast myself upon you, upon your blood that was shed on Calvary for me. I will clothe myself with your righteousness. When you do this, you're coming to Christ as your Savior. 
whether it's for the first time or you've been asking Christ to help save you daily for years. In either case, by doing so, you announce your own righteousness and all of its inadequacies. Do you sense the depth of your sin, of how we fall short of God's purposes and plans for us, of the inadequacies of your own self-righteousness, how we come before God, how we enter matters. And so, friends, let's confess, confess today, God, in 2023, I need you. I need you for every breath that I take. I need you to, to help me to see myself and see the world the way you do. I need your Holy Spirit to fulfill this life of friendship and partnership in ministry together. Sarah is going to come and read for us from Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Create in me a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit. Spirit in me. We, we recognize David's prayer this morning. After he was being confronted by the prophet Nathan, this was not just David's sin. It's our sin today. It's not only David's prayer. It's, it must be our prayer as well. And so, friends, could we this morning just take a moment to consider what in our own lives may be keeping us from experiencing God's intimate presence fully and completely in every area and arena of our lives. Let's just pause for a moment and say, God, examine my heart. Create in me a new heart. You just bow your head and let's be silent before the Lord. I'd invite us to pray this prayer with David. Would you pray with me? Create in us a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within us. Do not cast us from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from us. Restore to us the joy of your salvation and grant us a willing spirit to sustain us. Friends, we acknowledge and give thanks to God that even before we asked to be forgiven and given a pure heart, that God already 
has seen our need and as loving Father, he's met it by graciously sending his son, Jesus Christ, the atoning sacrifice, liberating us from our captivity to sin and setting us apart to God to be, to be used to fulfill his holy purposes for us and through us to the world. And so let's receive his gift with grateful hearts. You've um, received there at your seat a communion cup, and I would invite you to grab that this morning. You know, I've, I've come to almost, almost enjoy since COVID has begun, and we've started using these little cups where you have some work to do. <laughs> you got some work to do to receive this meal. And friends, the work that we do is a, simply a work of response, of saying, God, I humble myself and I confess that I need you. I cannot do my life. I cannot live righteously apart from you. And so I've got work to do this morning. Friends, you don't have to be a member of the Church of the Nazarene. You simply must be open. The work is simply to come humbly and to say, I confess Jesus as Lord. If you would confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning, I invite you take the bread, to break it, to remember with even his first disciples on the night he was to be betrayed, that he broke this and he said, this is my body broken for you, take and eat. And then likewise after supper, after holding the cup and giving thanks, he said, this covenant, this cup, it's the new covenant in my blood that's poured out for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And so somberly this morning, uh, with wide eyes, recognizing our sin and our need for a Savior, could we also joyfully receive this with thanksgiving in our hearts? Take and drink. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your son, Jesus. We give you thanks for the cross this morning. We give you thanks that while we were powerless apart from you, Lord, even through this meal, your grace, your presence and power is made available to us to live the life, to fulfill the creative potential within and through us that you have for us. And so today we receive with thanksgiving. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray.
Friends, I want to going to invite you twice this morning to stand. First, this first time, I, I would invite you, if you would, to stand with me. As we move into this third movement, from entering into God's presence with thanksgiving, <clears throat> confessing our sins and desire for restoration, and now, because of what he has done on Calvary, preparing ourselves to commit to the Lord. And so let me challenge you to give yourselves to God. As his servants, give up the illusion of your own self-sovereignty. Give yourselves today to Christ. Stop giving yourselves as tools of unrighteousness to sin. Start giving yourselves to the Lord as tools in his hands. Brought from darkness to light, from death to life. Be a tool of righteousness for God. Give yourselves to the Lord so that, so that you may be his. And in giving yourselves to God, you affirm that you will be content. In whatever manner and whatever position God gives you to serve. Christ has many spiritual jobs to be done. Some are easy. In fact, some are quite pleasurable. And others are, are more difficult and at times quite ordinary and maybe even dull. Don't be stuck on only those spiritual jobs that may be up front or easy. Some callings fit our desires and interests and others may be contrary both to our wants and maybe even what we feel are our strengths. In some of these jobs, we get to please Christ and ourselves. They're the kinds of things we really enjoy and we're glad. Yet in others, we cannot please Christ except by self-sacrifice. Frankly, Christ may call us to do something really, really hard. And really costly. It may not be fun, but it will be good because it's, it's what God wants us to do. And, and we're the ones called to do it, no matter how hard it may be. See what service that Christ has for you. And then give yourself to it completely. Commit to his whole will. Don't hold back or don't hold out. Don't try to compromise or negotiate with Christ. You're either in or you're out. You're either committed or you're not. Somber words. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Lord Jesus, would you receive us today into your service? We want to be your servants. We'll not compromise our commitment to you. Place us wherever you choose. Call us to whatever you choose. We just want to be your servants. Make us whatever you will, Lord. Send us where you will, Lord. Let us be vessels of silver or gold, wood or stone. We just want to be vessels of honor for you. Because of Christ. Because of what he has done, we are content 
in the name of our Savior, the one who equips us to dedicate ourselves to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Friends, think about this commitment. And in just a moment, in a, in a corporate prayer, a, a short yet powerful prayer of dedication to God, I invite you to consider what it is that God is calling us to. In unison, could we recite this short prayer together? We are yours. We reverence you. We dedicate ourselves to your service. Lord, we're content to do the work to which you've called us. Doing whatever, among whomever, thriving or suffering, at work or laid aside, honored or despised, full or empty, prosperous or poor. Lord, it doesn't matter if we're with the in crowd or with people that nobody knows. It doesn't matter if we're honored for you or despised for you. It doesn't matter if we're prosperous or poor. We just want to be your servants. And now let's join our voices together in a prayer of complete and willing servanthood. We freely and readily resign all to your desire and will. Amen. You may be seated. Friends, the very essence and heart of Christian faith, it, it lies in this commitment that we've just made. When we choose God to be our provision and happiness, when we've placed all our hopes and dreams upon Christ, casting ourselves completely on His righteousness, when we willingly give ourselves to God, we are Christ-like, Christian indeed, and never until then. For Christ will be the Savior of none but His servants. His people are a willing people. He will be all in all or He will be nothing. You can't have it your way unless your way is Christ's way. And so we must offer all of ourselves to Him. Would you would you sing with me? And could we pray, take my life, take my life for me? Let's sing together. Holiness, holiness is what you are. 
to make this covenant promise. As we move from entering into God's presence reverently and carefully to confessing our desire for restoration, receiving from the Lord and committing ourselves, God, to whatever you have for us, could we now prepare ourselves to enter into this relationship this friendship of him as father and we as his children. He is teacher and we as learners, but also partnership. Partners with God in, in the mission that wherever we may go, we may live as his children, but also as his servants. God, wherever, to whomever, however, I am yours, and you, you are mine. Consider first your, your sins and examine whether you can resolve to renounce them all. Consider what God's commands are, how holy, disciplined, and, and spiritual they are, and, and whether you can make them your way of life every day and in every way. Second, be... Be serious about the commitment to this covenant. It has, remember, eternal consequences. Third, gra grab a hold of this covenant and rely upon God's grace and strength daily to enable you to keep it. And finally, determine to be faithful, having engaged your heart's opened your mouth, and committed your hands to the Lord this year, resolve never, never, never to go back. Friends, I share with you 
good news of great joy that is for all people today. A Savior has been born in you, in us. He is Christ, the Lord of all. And, and even as we go into the places where it may not seem that it is so, we go so, uh, confident that the kingdom of God is here because the King is here with us. And he is for us and through us. This is good news. God is redeeming and restoring the world back to himself. And he wants to use you and he wants to use us. So whether it's coming in on a Sunday morning early and just saying, God, I'm tired, but use me as I help our people, serving them to worship. It's getting up and Monday morning and saying, God, use me as I go and prepare and worship. Whatever, wherever, however, God, I am yours. Friends, here, here's what I want us to do in these remaining moments together. I want you to take this covenant that you see on the printed on the back side of your bulletin. In just a few minutes, church, we're going to stand again. Stand before the Lord. Stand together, united as his people. And recite, affirm this covenant to the Lord. Remember that he has already done everything by laying down his life to enable us to be faithful to him. The question is, will you covenant with God? Will we together in unison this year covenant with God? And so what I want you to do is, is just read through this covenant. I don't want to ask anyone to commit to something that they're not ready or wanting to commit to. The Lord, the Lord's not going to twist our arms here. So would you just take a few moments quietly to prayerfully, reflectively read through this?
this is this is my offering. Our offering this morning is ourselves. Sanctify us. Purify our hearts. Fill us with your spirit. And in so doing, glory to God the Father, whom we know as our God and Father. Glory to God the Son, who has loved us and cleansed us from our sin by his blood. He is our Savior and Redeemer. Glory to God, the, the Holy Spirit, who by his gracious power at work in us has turned us from sin toward God. Almighty God and Heavenly Father, you have become our covenant friend, and by grace we are your covenant people. May the covenant be made on earth be sealed in heaven. Amen. Because of the song we're going to sing in response to this covenant-making moment. And it goes, I will go, I will go, I will go forth, send me. Um, that's what he wants to do. We sing songs like that every Sunday. And that going, that sense of going begins with this. My heart is yours. My, my heart is yours. So when Jesus says, go make disciples, the intention is that we would go with the heart, with the eyes, with the mind, with the hands and feet of Jesus. My heart is yours. Can you sing that this morning? Can you sing that with us? Christine, and sing it.
Gospels, you see that after spending considerable time with his disciples, Jesus sent them out. He said, come and follow me, and would spend time together, but then he would say, I'm sending you. I'm sending you to, to go and do what I've been doing. To teach, to heal, to fellowship among, to love and to serve, to cast out demons. Jesus, <laughs> you want us to partner with you in that? We can't do that. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sending you, but I'm giving to you the gift of my Holy Spirit. And in that same sense, church today and every day, he, he says, I, I want you to go. I'm sending you, but, but then he said, hey, I don't want you to, to go at it alone. So he said, Jay and Mark, I'm sending you together. I'm, I'm sending you, Catherine and Sarah, I'm sending you together. You're not meant to do life alone. I mean, isn't that the very picture of the garden? Let's partner in this thing. Let's, let's do this covenant life together. So church, one very practical covenant commitment that you could make this morning is not to go at it alone. There are some ways that we very clearly and practically say we're doing life together. We gather for worship regularly. We gather in classrooms to allow the Holy Spirit to be our teacher, to hear from Him. We go and we serve. We, we go to IU games and we play together. We sing together. We, we serve together. We encourage each other and hold each other accountable. I, I don't know who is your partner or partners in ministry and life. Who, who you share both the joys and the struggles the challenges, even the confessions of life too. But I would just encourage you this year, let's make a pledge, not only to the Lord, but to one another, that we're going to do this life together. Can we do that? You see, to, to love God with your whole heart is to love others in the same manner as Christ. Sharing the very contagious life of our loving God that dwells within you and fills you up. In just a moment, we're going to go from this place. Go to make disciples in our daily world. Um, before we go, I, I just want to remind you, um, Pastor Mark already mentioned this, but after our time of fellowship at 10 a.m., we'll just gather again in here. Uh, any of you who would like to come and be a part of this children's ministries meeting good things are happening in the life of our church and even in the ways that we shape and send our kids so church now may God the one who put all things together and makes all things whole the one who made an eternal mark through the sacrifice of Jesus which sealed God's covenant with us now may our God put you together and provide you with everything that you need to please him, making you and making us together into what gives him most pleasure by means of the sacrifice of our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. All glory to Jesus forever and always.
Fun. <laughs>